The reading, uh, our reading today is John 3, 1 to 17. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, I assure you that unless someone is born anew, it is not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, it is not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's Spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said, how are these things possible? Jesus answered, you are a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? I assure you that we speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen, but you don't receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the human one. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. God so loved the world that God gave God's only son so that everyone who believes in God won't perish, but will have eternal life. God didn't send God's Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. We come before you, loving, creative, saving God, that your mark will be upon us and that others may know you through us. Be in our hearts and in our minds and through our hands and through our words and actions. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Where do you place your hope? I am, of course, just asking, but I think this is the question for Lent. Where do you place your hope? Our lesson about Nicodemus shows him moving under the shadow of night's darkness, actual and metaphorical, 
as he comes to the unacceptable rabbi Jesus. In most paintings of this scene, Jesus is bathed in light for the Gospel of John uses light as an image, awareness, seeing, knowing, perceiving of Jesus throughout. Jesus, the light of the world, is woven into John's Gospel. Now you've already heard from Jan uh, Richardson, you're going to hear again, author, artist, also from her painted prayer book, speaks to hope saying, this is not a poem, this is her explanation. She writes, for those in grief, it is common to encounter well-meaning people who seek to stir our hope by schooling us in God's ineffable ways, who want to tell us our loss is part of a larger plan and a bigger mystery that we cannot know from here but that will we will understand one day she writes i have a tremendous tolerance for mystery a great capacity to abide the unknown it is not that i am uninterested in bigger mystery or in knowing that i might have a better grasp of it someday in another world. It is just that someday is not in itself sufficient to get me through this day. She continues, shorter quote, in the midst of my grief, what I know is that hope inexplicably has not left me, has not left me that it is stubborn, that it lives in me like a muscle that keeps reaching and stretching or a lung that keeps working even when I do not will my lung to work. Persisting in the constant intake and release of breath on which my life depends. End quote. And I will come back to Jan Richardson at the end with her blessing of hope. Now let's get back to Nicodemus, who is a child of Abraham. Abram practiced unfounded hope when God called Sarai and Abram out of Ur to an unknown place, a place to which God would lead without advance directions. Scripture does not give details, roadmaps, or booked reservations. Abram and Sarai followed in hope and faith when God called. Jump forward. Jesus' followers also followed in hope and faith with their questions and concerns about the future, which Jesus did not explain. Hope, though you don't know what's going to happen at your next step. Hope. For Nicodemus, Abraham was the beginning of the story of God's covenant relationship with Israel, his people. I do wish that this conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus included five more chapters. I think they resolved all the questions that I would love to have answered so that I didn't have to rely just on hope. Oh dear, is hope my problem? No, I sure, I'd like assurance but my assurance comes with hope without explanation. 
John seemed not concerned, the gospel writer was not concerned with greater explanation of what was said that night. Abraham was meant to be and was a blessing to all nations. Why wasn't this addressed? Wouldn't that have helped you and I in our peacemaking? But perhaps everything is explained without further articulation. Abraham believed and followed. Jesus's followers believed and followed in hope. Nicodemus is asked to do the same. Nicodemus is not new to you. He is an upstanding Pharisees who, who, Pharisee whose career has gone very well. He goes to synagogue. He prays regularly, probably has 2.5 children, unless that number has changed. Then he had that. And the children, of course, are all well-behaved to boot. For him, everything is under control. God is nice. God is safe. God is not very interesting or creative. Everything is status quo. People are supposed to keep the rules, be responsible, stay put, have, live a good life. But perhaps Nicodemus completely forgot that Abraham and Sarah did none of the above. If you want to know how they walked off track, go back to Genesis and read. And did God abandon them? No. There was always hope alive. Nicodemus took a risk this night that's here in John chapter 3. He moved outside of his sense of control by approaching somebody he all, whose teaching he already knew and so expected, yes, a straightforward answer and received not, as he had seen done in the past. So under this beautiful cover of nightfall, Nicodemus taps on the door, and Jesus says, come on in, enter the light. Now, the story of Nicodemus does not end here. He shows up two other times in John's gospel. Later, a couple of chapters later, I'm not going to quote that because I'm going to be wrong, the leaders of the temple are criticizing Jesus. They are saying, no, we must stop him. And Nicodemus stands up and said, but wait a minute, our law says you're supposed to question and talk to somebody. Why don't we give him the opportunity? And boom, he was shut down fairly quickly. We see Nicodemus one other time, but not in between. And that is after Jesus's death. When Nicodemus is named as one who helps Joseph of Arimathea bury Jesus. Very bold acts from a man who was stuck on status quo. Did Nicodemus become a disciple? Does it make any difference? Did Nicodemus show motion out, movement outside of his little box? Yes. Now being born anew is a sticking point for some. I love the phrase, but I am extremely comfortable with that's God's stuff. That's not my stuff. Being born anew has nothing to do with ourselves. It's not about what we can accomplish. It is like birth and wind, the two images that Jesus uses. These are God moments, things God does. In both cases, birth and wind, Something happens to you. I watched some of you walk in through the rain. You can see the something happening to you. We do not get ourselves 
the power of the wind, and we do not get ourselves born. We know who generates the wind and whose breath brings life. So Nicodemus stepping out of his comfort place into the light of Jesus is perhaps a model for us to step out of our comfort zone and try something new. Visit a ministry that you have not visited recently. Come to heart and home here in our fellowship hall. Step out to a new country, perhaps Africa, perhaps Israel, perhaps East Palo Alto. You name it. It is not dark. It is bright, brilliant light, just as Nicodemus experienced when you step out of your status quo, your comfort zone. Allow the possibilities of God then to come in and touch you. I do not know how God will answer your questions about here, here, or here. That's between you and God. And you might get it wrong the first four times, but don't stop. Hope does not stop. It continues. I do not know how God will answer your questions about faith, but trusting God answers questions and your conversation is the heart of what Nicodemus is doing, sitting there with Jesus, as he then helps to bury Jesus after the cross. I do not know how to help you trust God when you're having a conversation that kind of upsets you. But I do know that just by asking God, could you give me a little help in this situation? Do you know who's going to say yes? Yeah, God. And it brings new beginnings, that lovely question. Rabbi, how do you do this? God, can you help me get through this? Which brings me to Jan Richardson's The Blessing of Hope with which I will end. So you may know the hope that is not just for some day, but is for this day, here, now, in this moment, that opens to us hope not made of wishes, but of substance. Hope made of sinew and muscle and bone. Hope that has breath and a beating heart. Hope that will not keep quiet or be polite. Hope that knows how to holler when it is called for. Hope that knows how to sing when there seems little cause. Hope that raises us from the dead, not someday, but this day, every day, again and again, again and again. Amen.